if anyone can hear me on YouTube, just let me know in the chat room. I don't know if the video has not come up. Matter of fact, or I could just ask you in the chat room. I mean, let me do this real quick. Everyone, just I know Blog Talk, you can hear me loud and clear, but let me just make sure YouTube is right. Can you all hear me? I think that I think there may have been an issue because um, uh, I actually started. I think I started the show a little late, so you can hear. Lotus Scholar can hear. Okay, nope. So it seems that some can hear, but some can't hear. Maybe. Okay, so let's see if you refresh your browser. I can hear. Okay. One second. Some people are stuck in buffering mode. Yeah, I knew something was up because normally the the numbers because it it shows me on um well Rachel tells me I'm on a Samsung. Well, I don't I don't know <laughs> I don't know that matters, but um normally my numbers it it shows me how many people can view the show or are viewing while the show is going. I noticed the numbers were really low, but I thought maybe that was just because I started late, but um. I don't know what to tell you. Okay, you can hear me now, Shamika. Okay, so maybe it's just taking a minute to catch up. All right? So we'll just, we'll see. If not, then I'll restart it, you know, if if the YouTube thing is still having an issue. But usually you could refresh your buffer. I mean, refresh your, your browser, and that should help. All right? So we'll see what happens. I'm going to keep talking because I think even even though it may say buffer on your end, if later when you come back, it will... You know, the entire segment will, will be there. All right. But that's probably because I started late. Maybe that threw something out of whack. You know, it's probably a YouTube thing. But, um, yeah, so like I was saying, we were speaking about the formulas of moving beyond resistance yesterday, which I think, I think is a critical subject because, like I said, you know, and, and it's so many critical subjects. I know it's not the first time you've heard me say that. Like, yeah, I think this is a real important one. And I'm not saying that just to bait you. And anything like that, because there are some subjects that are huge stumbling blocks. And, you know, everyone has different stumbling blocks. You know, we don't all have a collective unified consciousness where, you know, we come to the same realizations at the same time or we have the same issue at the same time. You know, but ultimately, when you really start to look at life and you really start to look at um, people, you know, especially whether you're a teacher or a parent or any type of of individual who's kind to look who's kind of looking you know from a, a higher perspective and vantage point one of the things that you realize is that everyone has one issue you know um we had a i i got to call into the woman's call last night to kind of share some information uh with the sisters and that was one of the things that came up you know we were just kind of going over some suggestions of how we can make things better going forward and make them more efficient and more effectual towards the healing and and things that people need or are looking for. And uh, after all of the issues were kind of ran down, I mean, it wasn't a whole bunch, but, you know, after the multiple issues were ran down to me, you know, in me assessing and listening and questioning and questioning and listening and questioning was able to come down with really, there's really just one issue that's existent. You know, and if that issue is is addressed and all of the branch issues that come as a result, uh, 
can be dealt with. So, you know, a lot of times it's the same things with our personal development or our personal movements towards change and and growth. A lot of times it's just one issue that we have. And (laughs) that's the one that we avoid the most. You see, so we'll come up with a million and one names and titles as to why we may do the things we do. And especially when we start getting into um, Western prognosis and, and Western diagnosis of what your issue is. And, you know, we have all of these, we, we get new acronyms every year, you know, for why something's wrong with us. But I'm telling you a lot of times, I'm, I'm not even going to say a lot of times, every single time you got one problem, just like your purpose, you have one purpose. Now, there'll be different offshoots and branches that may lead you to that purpose or that may be connected to said purpose, but you have one purpose. Okay, so everyone's telling me their cell phone's not working. You know, let me try something real quick. All right, let me go. Let me, let me do my little Sanford and Son thing. Let's see if it helps you all. I don't know if it will, but just give me a second. I don't know if this will help or not. It probably won't, actually. <laughs> um, if you are all still having a problem hearing, because now I'm hearing that your mobile phones are not working, but your desktops are. But I know most people call in from mobile phones. So if you're still having a problem hearing or anything like that, just let me know. And what I'll do is I'll just restart everything. All right. That should that should help or at least fix it or something. All right. Um, but you just got to let me know. If I don't see someone say it in the, in the chat room, then I'm going to keep going like it ain't no thing. But um, anyway, like I was saying, you know, we were having that discussion yesterday. Um, I had called into the woman's call and just needed to address some things. And, you know, like I said, we all have one issue. Like we all have one purpose. So there's one loss and there's one win that we all have in our lives. And um, so sometimes you hear me speak about certain critical things because it may be that one thing that a lot of people have. Like a lot of people have issues with disrespect. They're, They're disrespectful. And when you're a disrespectful person, there's a lot of other things that come down the pipeline as a result. Okay, I hear you, Justin Green. Okay, cool. So let's see what happens. I don't know if Justin's listening from a cell phone, but um, all right, I- I'll wait until I see more people say I can or I can't. <laughs> but um, yeah, man, there's a lot of things that come down the pipeline as a result of being disrespectful. You know, some people have huge issues with their ego. They're, they're extremely egotistical. And what happens is that some of these issues, they, they portray themselves and they express themselves in different ways. You see, so so you might say, well, no, my problem is not ego. Um, I just, my problem is I let people walk over me too much. You know, so then some, some people will immediately um, take the victim position and, they, and they'll use the victim position. I mean, sometimes for 15, 20, 30 years will utilize that victim position to never address their, their inherent and base issue of being um, egoically imbalanced. You're clear on blog talking YouTube. Thank you, Brother Anwar. Always the engineer <laughs> holding it down. All right. So I think those of you who are having issues on, on YouTube, maybe if you just probably refresh your browser or try a different browser, it may work for you. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. All right. I could be wrong, but 
That's what I'm thinking the issue may may have been. But it, I bet it has something to do with me starting the show late because I have all the shows scheduled. But uh, I was doing a, a consultation session with someone right before the show started, and we were, I was pushing it right up to the last minute. <laughs> so I think I came in late uh, as a result, and that may have affected the uh, YouTube stream, you know. But, um, yeah, so like I was saying, <clears throat> a lot of times – I see I'm losing people on YouTube. I don't know, man. Y'all, y'all will figure it out. <laughs> I don't know what the heck is going on. Something, something strange is happening over there. I see it. But the numbers are changing. Numbers are going down and up. YouTube is doing some funny stuff. All right, let me bring someone in. Let's see. 561, you're on. Hey, hey Chief, just letting you know you're loud and clear on Blog Talk. Oh, Blog Talk is cool. Okay, cool. Yeah. Thanks. I appreciate that. No problem. All right. So we're good on Blog Talk, and YouTube is acting funny. See, Blog Talk is trying to put a bid in for me not to to downgrade my account, but I already did it. <laughs> now you want to act right? Mm-mm. You had your chance, you know. But um, so yeah, sometimes things express themselves. But let me tell you something. I, I'll make it real simple for all of you, and I hope you hear me when I'm saying this. You have one problem. You have one situation. You have one challenge. I'll bet you anything. You just have one. And you have one purpose. Now, you may say, oh, but I'm I'm unmotivated. I'm this. I have a low sense of self-esteem, poor self-image. This, that, 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 that. You may have a whole long list of things and guarantee by the time you finish talking to me, you're going to hear me say, no, this is your issue. And that one thing that I tell you, because this never fails, the one thing that I tell you, by the time we get down to it and I and I scrape it all away, that's the one thing that's going to make you upset when you hear it. You know, I'm going to say, no, your, your issue is just that, you know, um, ego or maybe, it's, uh, you know, poor sense of, 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 of self-aware. You're not self-aware or, you know, whatever it is, you know, it's going to be that one challenge or, you know, you take more than you give. You, you know, you're, you're stuck in a cycle of, of taking. Of, uh, and, of course, if you're stuck in a, in a site, I think there's a processing issue dealing with ads on YouTube. Hmm, I swear, there shouldn't be any ads playing. I'm on YouTube and I haven't been interrupted all since I've been listening. Oh, I'm also on a laptop. Yeah, I think people on the phones were having issues. We ain't going to worry about it because um, I think it is still play clear even afterwards. Maybe Brother Armour said some issue with some ads. I don't know. I'm 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 not in it. <laughs> but uh I th- I think it'll be all right even if the live is the live stream is a little funny, then usually at least the um the back end one will be okay. Uh and, and if it's still that bad, if it's if it's intolerable, whatever it's doing, then just jump over the blog talk. And here, let me do something. Watch, well, I already did it for the buffer issues. So I, I can't do too much more from my side on that. I did and did what I could do, and I ain't doing no more. Let me try this. I'm going to lower the quality on my side. And if I lower the quality, that may help your buff, your buffer issues that you guys are having. But um, so, yeah, you know, one issue. So you got one loss, you got one win. It's real simple, all right? It's just like, you know, when you stretch yourself to your limits, and when we talk about, you know, alpha best versus beta versus even um, uh, gamma, in terms of, of personality types, you know, it, when you look at an alpha, for instance, this is a person who extends to the very reaches and the very limits and boundaries 
of what they are and what they represent and their character in the community. That's what an alpha is, whatever that character is. So you could be the alpha dork, <laughs> you know, you could be the alpha clown. You, you could be the alpha chef. You can be the alpha uh, berry gatherer, you know, but you're, you're ex- if that's your character, that's what you came to be. You're extending you know, the very limits and boundaries of what you came to be. That's what the alpha is. It's not just that you're big and mean and you're tough and everybody's afraid of you. If that's not what your community dictates, you know, a lot of times we look at the uh, gorilla, the primate community to, to get understandings of what alpha energy is. But if you know anything about gorillas, they're, they're actually very gentle. They're violent, of course, but you know, they, they can be very gentle. So even in terms of their alpha status, the, the alpha gorilla tends to rule through decorum and grace, through subtle subtle cues. You know, it's not that they just jump up, pound their chest, and, you know, it's not like Planet of the Apes, man. Caesar's home. Caesar. It's not like that, man. You know, they come and they just start beating up and jumping on, on one of the other little apes, and then they say, oh, now I'm the alpha. It, it doesn't work like that. The alpha, com- I mean, the gorilla community is so amazing because you know, it's like it's like you can look at different animal kingdoms to learn different things about different components of our social structures. Well, if you want to learn about regality and decorum, study gorillas. You know, and you know, of course they're never presented to us like that, and that's a part of the trick. But you know, those alphas rule through grace. They're very strategic. You know, they're not as brutish as um, media, cartoons, or even maybe the Nature Channel would have you to believe, you know, everything is not mortal or life or death. They learn to, to lead through cues and, and even the betas learn to accept their role through subtle cues by putting their head down at certain times or moving into certain spaces and things like that to make it clear. Like, you know, I, I I'm recognizing that you've established something here, you know, that you've already established a, a, a domain here and I'm not trying to infringe upon your domain, you see, but it's through subtle very regal, regal cues that gorillas do this. So, but anyway, you know, we're, we're just speaking here about, you know, how one can stretch the limits, the very limits of, of what they are. And when you begin to get to, to that, things become very focused. You find yourself even like, and that's why strenuous activity becomes such a, a, a beautiful tool for meditation. You know, I often tell people that, you know, I know, I know some people have trouble sitting still to meditate. You don't always have to do that. You know, you can move and meditate, too. It's, it's, it's just as valid. You know, you still can be a part of the, the, the meditation club if, if you have trouble sitting still. You know, um, you can meditate and exercise. Some people meditate very well in the shower, you know, um, but movement or, or pushing yourself to your limits. You may do a lot of push-ups or you run or do cardio and you find that your mind becomes very, very clear in that moment because you see thinking. You know, you come into that space like you're a child again. Things feel new because you've pushed yourself to a new place. Well, that's one of the key formulas of, of change in that sense is having that ability or that desire to move yourself into a new place. And sometimes that requires that discomfort of, of accepting the myopic idea that there's one thing wrong with me. And, you know, you find that when you say that there's one thing wrong with you, it feels very big. Because it almost feels like it's it's a god, like it, like let's say if I said okay, the one thing wrong with me is that I'm disrespectful. Disrespect is my one issue which causes all the problems in my life. Now, in many senses, you, when you begin to define the actual issue, 
it takes on a um a quality where you now have something to confront. But as long as we tap around it and we play around it, it maintains its mysticism. Well, we'll speak about the symptoms. Well, I tend to curse people out. Well, I tend to be selfish. Well, I tend to cut people off when they speak. Well, I tend not to listen to people. You know, we could just go through all of the different symptoms of a disrespectful person. You know, I I tend to be, you know, I, I overstep boundaries a lot. I'm a perpetual line stepper, you know, so forth and so on. Um, and then if someone says, well, why do you think you're that way? What are we going to say? I don't know. Right. That's that's the, the Lord. The, the God is a mysterious God and his ways are mysterious and unknown to man. I don't know. I could never know, but you can know. You see, you can remove yourself outside of the mysticism. You see, oh, I just glanced at the chat room. So Brother Byron asked, one thing, chief, or one thing we're aware of? One thing. Yeah, brother, one thing. And, and sometimes one thing that we, well, some never become aware of because of a lack of development. There's always, just like there, there is a, a fractal point that brought your existence into being. You came into, into being from one point. You know, so we can trace. That's why when you look at the symbol of Ra, you know, the circle with the dot, which co- uh, coincident, not coincidentally is the reason, but Irosu, Meiji, uh, two circles with a dot in the middle, you know, two concentric circles with a dot in the middle. And, you know, Irosu meaning Oshun sings, but connects you to the idea of the mens- of the menses. You know, in, in our tradition, we have Osu, which is the moon, right? Very similar to Oshun or Eroshun or Erosu, right? So it, it, but it speaks about us all coming from that one dot, which is where the power is, you know, coming from that one place. So it's the same thing. Your existence comes into being from um, one fractal point, and your issues coming to being from one fractal point. Your purpose comes from one question. Now that one question may lead you down many roads because there may be multiple paths that you have to traverse in order to answer said question. There may be many paths that you may go through or many detours, let's say, that you'll take from the path because of the one issue. You see, and then sometimes we'll start looking at the detours like that's the actual issue. How many times have we looked at at family members or friends who are um, enraptured and and enslaved uh, by drug addiction and abuse? And we'll say their problem is that they're addicted to drugs. But that's not actually the problem. It's never the problem. You see? The problem is the root of what causes them to desire what it is that the drugs bring. Most of the time it's a high. They want to escape the body. Well, so escapism is your issue. Well, what are you escaping from? Maybe that brings us closer to what the actual issue is. Well, I was molested as a child. Hmm. Okay. And those those memories come back or the nightmares come back. So I'm always looking to escape. I move around a lot. I never stay in one place. You know, I'm very fidgety, this, that, 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 that. And now I learned about this this drug thing. You know, I've learned about drugs now and drugs allow me another means of escape. Okay, well, is that any different than someone who stays in ritual all day and night? You know, or someone who takes mushrooms (laughs) or someone who, you know, who, who, who just does things. Maybe they're sexual addicts. They use sex as their means of escape 
or they use video games. You know, I know there are many people, males in particular, who have these these adult addictions to gaming systems, you know, as a means of escape. You see, I mean, there's so many different ways that society has established so many um, very colorful and attractive methods and ways that you can escape. You can escape through food. People bite into it. You watch a commercial, somebody bites into something. Mmm, that's good. <laughs> you know, they completely go outside of themselves. Now, is the issue that they eat too much? No, nah, not really. That's a symptom of something. Is the issue that they, you know, they want to ritualize too much? No, the issue is a symptom of something else. So ultimately, when you get down to it, there's going to be one issue. Just like ultimately when you get down to it, it's going to be one purpose. Because remember, the further we go away from our divine essence, the further we go into the land of duality. And duality is really the land of multiplicity. You know, um, you have because after duality is triplicity, then quadplicity, then, then, then pentaplicity. You know, it just it just keeps going, going and going until we just say, OK, it's multiplicity. Right. But ultimately, the, the multiples and the complexity of the multiples become more apparent because we've gone further and further away from our source. We've come further and further away from Olodumari. And then once we come right out of Olodumari, what do we step into? Rumila, Obatala, Duduwa. Triplicity right there. Then once we come out of side of that triplicity, what do we have? Oya, Ogun, Shango, Yemoja, Naman Buklu. You know, we, we just keep going, and then we go further down, further down, further down, further down, and then it gets wider and wider and wider and wider and wider. So then we, we'll look at all of these different paths of saying, well, my purpose is, is you know, is to serve people, right? Okay. But then when we go a little bit beyond that and we go beyond the human consciousness, we'll say, well, my purpose is to serve the spirit world. Okay. That's, that's still pretty vast. Then we might go a bit further beyond that and we say, well, my purpose is to serve the land of souls. Now, the land of souls uh, in our tradition, that's the, the land, the Egungun. We call it the land of, of souls. Okay. So, you know, which exists beyond the Orisha realm. So we'll say, okay, well, my, my purpose is to land, serve the land of souls. And, you know, okay, well, maybe it's a little bit something more than that. My purpose is to serve my soul. Okay, that goes beyond that, you know. So, but you notice that the further and further you go, the more narrow the pathway becomes, until eventually it it converges upon one fractal point. That's inherent and indicative of how um, one's purpose unfolds. You know how it falls, <laughs> and it falls into complexity. And as we rise, it becomes much simpler. You know, some people, you know, who have transitioned are only known by a sentence, you know, or own, maybe not even that much by, you know, you think of the most honorable Elijah Muhammad. Many of us say, we, we think of one phrase, do for self. It's pretty simple. And he taught a lot, wrote his books, <laughs> you know, started a whole organization, a, a whole nation, in fact. But do for self, because that's what it was all about at the end of the day, right? That's what he was telling us to do. Do for yourself. Think for yourself. Eat to live. But do for self. You know, um, El-Hajj Malik El-Shabazz, Malcolm X, you know, by any means necessary. 
Now, I'm not saying that these are the defining statements, per se, of these individuals, but if you notice that um, the closer you get into the divinity of them, you'll find that there are those one or two statements that you say, aha, okay, this is, this is what we needed from you. This is what it is. You know, this is what it comes down to, you know, uh, in some senses. Well, it's the same thing for us when we're, when we're moving and working towards change. Sometimes we tend to overcomplicate our path because we don't realize we're moving to, to one point, to one, to one designation, to one fractal. And it's not the same for everyone. See, I know everyone wants that, that great panacea, that great cure, where I say, listen, this is the problem with everyone in the world. Boom. If you listen to a lot of, quote unquote, spiritual teachers, they will tell you that. What is the problem? Hate. There's too much hate in the world and not enough love. Well, uh, eh. <laughs> that's not everyone's issue, that, there, that there's too much hate and not enough love. You see, some people have other issues, you know, then some will say, well, um, you know, I don't know. What's another big one? Uh, people are too obsessed on the material and and they don't spend enough time um, in church or, or spiritizing. They spend too much time materializing, you know, so that's the problem with the world. People are too focused on the physical. Eh, not everybody. You know, maybe, you know, some people's issues. So what you begin to find is that there's, it's not cookie cutter in terms of your healing. And it's not cookie cutter uh, in terms of moving towards purpose. You know, each of us has our, has our own point. But ultimately, I guarantee you, I wouldn't lie to you, it's one thing. It's one thing that's wrong with you. And sometimes we spend a lot of time focused on the symptoms it's funny, I was listening to something this morning, and it was a woman who, well, it was a group of women. They were interviewing several women, and they were speaking about how difficult it is to find a good man, and especially they were all, they were all mothers. So one had uh, two, ch- no, two of them had two children. One had, I think, one daughter, something like that. She was speaking about how, you know, a lot of times... Uh, she 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 has met a lot of bad boys and things like that and is having trouble finding someone who loves children and, and understands that it's a package deal. And the one who was doing the most talking, she was 29. Um, and she was saying, you know, at 29, it's difficult to find this, that, that. You know, I'm sure many of you have heard this story before. And as I'm listening, as I'm listening, you know, me, I'm saying, well, you're talking about all these problems you've had with all these guys, and it's the same kind of issue. You keep saying, I'm running into bad boys. Um, but at no point did she take any ownership and say that um, the common denominator in all of this is me. Not necessarily everybody else, but I'm the common denominator. So maybe there's something in my nature or there's something in my attitude or in the way that I'm presenting myself to the world that needs to be affected and changed, you know, and none of them did that. Actually, none of them took any kind of ownership whatsoever, which was very interesting, you know, um, no ownership, even over the, even over the idea of that, you know, I have all these children and I'm not married and those relationships previously didn't work out. And maybe they didn't work out for some of the same reasons that these new ones that I'm trying to find are not working out. And, you know, as I'm listening and I'm saying, you know, well, kind of telling on yourself, 
you know, she was like, yeah, because when I was younger, I was into the bad boy thing. So when you were younger, you were into, you know, guys that you shouldn't have been into, basically. And that didn't work out for you. So now all of the guys that you ignored for the bad boys, you want them now to come and take care of you and somebody else's children. But your time has passed for that. And, you know, and you don't want to deal with the whole reason why you wanted to be with the bad boys to begin with, who probably coincidentally is probably who they also had children with. But, you know, what is a bad boy going to do after you have children with him? He's going to be bad. He's not going to do something good, (laughs) you know. Um, so I was just kind of looking at that. And like I said, it was, it was interesting because I'm watching, I'm just saying, I'm just going to keep watching. I'm going to wait and see if somebody at any point takes any kind of ownership. And of course, no, no, no one did, you know? Um, (laughs) and it was funny because at the end they, they showed like a little film of one of the, the, the main one who was talking of her going out on a date. They hooked her up on a date, basically this show. And, um, the guy was like, you know, I think it's great that she has children and she's obviously a very strong woman to, to, you know, she's got a full plate and, you know, I'm surprised she even has time to date, you know, with all the things she has going on. And, and I'm listening and I'm saying, okay, they obviously hired this guy and I'm pretty sure he wasn't heterosexual either, which made it even funnier as I'm watching it. You know, like, you know, who, this, this is, this is how much some of these media outlets how little respect they have for women, you know, to think that, and I'm sure some have fallen for it, which is sad, but to think that they would be so dumb to fall for this, you know, um, like, cause I said, I'm looking at him and can tell like he's not heterosexual. It's very obvious. He's not heterosexual. And he's talking about how great it is that she's a single mother. And I, yeah, I would love to be with a single mother. Cause I mean, it's, she's just dynamic. She's awesome. I'm like, okay. But, you know, um, ultimately, underneath it all, um, there's one issue that lies there. You see that we're so afraid to address it. And when we look like, you know, when I when I presented again, uh, just some of the basic formulas for change yesterday. um, One of the things that we have to have, of course, is that level, that measure of dissatisfaction and not just dissatisfaction with our contextual circumstances, but. You know, the dissatisfaction sometimes with the monotony of our misery. And sometimes that's a hard one to come to because change represents, you know, things that are new. You want something to be different. They want them to be newer, right? Well, here's a very simple uh, formula. You cannot bring newness into your life if you don't do new things. It's impossible. We, we spoke about the aspect of karma recently, and I, and I told you that karma is just actions. So if my actions are cyclical and I'm doing the same exact things that I've always done, nothing new is going to happen. Now, we already, you know, you hear that definition of insanity so often, doing the same things, expecting different results. Well, change works the same exact way. So I, I'm doing all of these things and I've lost my zeal. I've lost my enthusiasm for life. You know, I've, I've lost my ability to see newness in the world because that's all change. <laughs> that's what change really is, in all honesty. It's your ability to see newness in the world because things are changing all the time. Now, you make a determination as to which ones you're going to appreciate, and that will determine if you've brought change into your life. You know, uh, the seasons are always moving along. So, you know, you have leaves falling, you have new grass growing. 
You can ignore it or you can appreciate it and value it. See, that's the beauty of when you're dealing with indigenous sciences and you're invested in a, in a spiritual based or excuse me, a nature based system, you really appreciate that water. And I know for those of you who have gotten into these sciences, I know there's not a time you walk by a waterfall or a body of water that you don't have a different kind of thought that, that you didn't have before you learned about Oshon or even a train, you know, walking by a train yard or you might be out at an event and there's a fire pit or somewhere at a campfire. Come on. You can't tell me that you don't have a different perception now of those elements based on your investment in a, in a spiritual system or a spiritual way that is nature based. You see, so now you develop a newness in your vision. You develop a newness because now you're looking at things from your first eye vision. So what that newness begins to do is it highlights the change that's already in your life because it's already changing, you know, but it highlights it. So now it, be, it can become more de- deliberate. So when you see the, the grass grow and maybe even weeds, <laughs> things that you once perceived as weeds in your garden, you say, oh, wait, no, 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 this isn't a weed, you know, or, or here's one, here's an easy one that we, we cut back a lot that I always thought was crazy, dandelions, right? We put down dandelion suppressant in our yards and, um, you know, we, we try to make sure that the, the seeds don't spread around and we consider dandelions to be a weed, which was always very funny to me because it's so pretty. I mean, it's a yellow flower. What's the problem? <laughs> you know, but those of you know who are a little bit about herbology, you probably know the the high potency and nutritional value of dandelion root, right? Something that people, you know, chase away from their yards. And, you know, once you start to get into maybe, you know, just a little bit of the deeper sciences and deeper understandings, you can appreciate it. When the dandelions come, you say, oh, Shango, Shango has popped up in my yard because the dandelion is sacred to Shango. So you say, oh, man, look at all of this Shango all over the place, man. <laughs> you know, and you may because you can eat the leaves. Obviously, you can eat the leaves in your salad. I mean, we we try to kill it from our yards, but then we go out to restaurants and order it. <laughs> you know, and then you can say, oh, but I can pull the root up. And I can boil the root and and make a tea with the root, you know. And um, this is one of the the, the greatest cures for cancer, along with watercress and and, um, cabbage, you know. Things that we would look at and trample over and just see them as weeds, you see. But they're they're good things that we can utilize. I eat dandelion, man. I pull them up, mugwort, all the different things that... Maybe at one point, uh, even in, in my development that I, you know, didn't see the value in because I'm learning new things all the time and learning about new herbs and new plants. And I've had people sometimes even walk through some of my properties and say, oh, man, you got this growing. You got that. I didn't know what it was. <laughs> you know, I'm coming with the machete. I cut everything down, man. It's make it easy on myself. You know, oh, don't cut that. Don't cut that. Save that for me. Tie that up for me, man. Let that dry out. You know, Um so it's the same thing when you're looking for change in your life, man. Essentially, all you're doing is you're establishing a sense of newness once again. And oftentimes you establish that by doing new things. You see, it, it's it's like going back to uh, a childhood state. You know, children still remain in their sense of awe 
because they are consistently moving themselves beyond thought. In fact, sometimes they hate when you make them think. You know, you say, oh, come on, sit down. It's time to go over your lessons. We got to work on your penmanship or, you know, we need to work on your hour. Oh, can I just play a little five more minutes? No. Come on, let's go. Think. It's time for you to think. You see, and sometimes by thinking too much, we tend to put a crustacean on things that could have been new. You know, um, someone will say, hey, listen, I'm going to show you a new ritual, a new way to abase yourself in front of your shrines. And, you know, when you learn how to do this, you learn how to connect with the with this energy of this pot a little bit more. And then the thinking will say, well, do I want to connect with the pot or the spirit inside of the pot? I don't like the way the person just said that. They said that wrong. And this and that and that and that and that, and that. you know. Um, and we take away, you know, that's where the jadedness comes in. We take away the newness and the beauty of what could be, you see. So then as a result, there's no change. In order to affect change in your life, you have to establish and implement and input new things into your life. You can't get around it. I'm trying to tell you, you cannot get around it. You know, I urge people to play every day. You know, when you play, you find out new things. Sometimes as you get older, you find out, like, I can't do that. (laughs) I had a little trouble getting back up or I ripped my underwear. Okay, learn something new, you know, (laughs) or whatever it is. But um, it's a lot of times through, through that that play, you know, you learned, you learn new things. And as we, as we grow older, often um, we lose our sense of play. We, we replace our sense of play with, with overanalyzation. And through overanalyzation, we kill, we kill our opportunities for new things. You see, so that means you're killing your opportunity for change. You remember the formula is pretty complete. You know, you have to take first steps. You know, if you look in the in the Anu ministry packet, there is a is a video in there by by Brother Zach, and he says something. Um, he says, you know, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? You know, and and that's that's a proverb very similar to you know the journey of of a thousand miles begins with one step. So. That's a, a very necessary component in change. You know, you have to make some steps to move into a direction. Pacing and planning is fine. I always say that pacing and planning is key, but you have to be willing to make some steps. I want change in my life. Okay. Are you willing to make any steps towards anything that is different or new in your life as it currently stands? No, because every time I do that, this is what happens. Or no, because, I, you know, that's usually what comes back. And that's because there's a lack of vision. There's a lack of vision. Um, so people start to get locked into these ideas of fatalism, which I was, I, I think I'll talk about a little bit more tomorrow because I think it's important. I was going to speak about it a little bit today, but I'm going to split it up a little bit. Um, but I meet a lot of people in this work. I mean, perhaps um, the idea of fatalism or the spirit of fatalism is inherent and um, certain segments of the thought community or the philosophical community or like we call the conscious community, which often is just, we could call it the conscious community can be a philosophical community because usually it just revolves around information and how much people love information. But um, I find that fatalism is key because people have resigned themselves to the 
predetermination of future events. And that's essentially what fatalism is. Like, this is what my fate is. It's going to be this. No matter what I do, this is going to be the outcome. So when you start to introduce new things to them, you know, (laughs) and and I'm laughing because sometimes it's almost laughable because I've had that happen. uh, Man, it was recently. I can't remember who was saying it, which is probably good because I might slip and say the person's name. But someone was going through something. And this was a person who didn't know much, very young, too. And they were quoting things incorrectly from various traditions. And they was and they were saying, I tried this, I tried that. And I said, wait a minute, have you looked at this and looked at that? And they said, listen, I've I've already studied everything you're talking about. They said, I already have. You know, what they said was I've researched everything that you that you're talking about, that you've researched. And, you know, I said, okay, but I said, but the basic tenets of some of these things, when I'm asking you questions about them, you're telling me you don't know the answer. So how, how could we have studied the same things if I do know the answer? And if you have researched them and they've come up previously in your past um, and you can't answer basic questions, then is it fair to say that maybe you really didn't study them? And the person was so determined um, that their fate was supposed to be an unpleasant one, that they couldn't imagine that um, perhaps it was possible that maybe someone knew a little bit more about something that they did, and maybe that the new data that was being introduced was actually new. So their immediate response was always, I already know about that. I already know about that. You know, and, and I see that so often again in the spiritual communities when sometimes I'm trying to work with people or teach them, and in, and it, they're not listening. They're just waiting for me to finish talking so they can talk, and they don't realize that though you may have heard some of these words before, just because you've heard words doesn't mean that somebody else said the same thing to you. You know, I had a student say that once to me, um, real real lazy sucker. And he was having some issues in life with not being able to get a job and this and that. And I pointed out to him, I said, you know, a couple of things. And he said, you know, you sound just like my mother. You're saying everything that my mother said to me, you sound just like my mother. And I said, who, he, who at the time, darn near 40 years old, he was living with. And he's always lived with, never had his own place. So he, it's not like he went back home because he was in trouble. He always lived with his mother. And I said, well, I think that's part of your problem right there. I said, your mother reached out to me to help you because I've helped her get her life together. So how could it be possible that she and I sound alike or that we're saying the same things? If number one, I'm not a woman, uh, I'm not your mother, and, and the things that your mother has utilized to improve her life, she's learned from me. So if you're now getting access to the source, then you have to understand that you're getting it uninterpreted and untranslated. So there's probably something deeper here for you. (laughs) Why do I always glance at the chat room at the wrong time? I glance to the right. I see Brother Byron Curry just wrote worthless (laughs) in the chat room. (laughs) I always look just at the times when I'm going to see something's going to make me laugh. But yeah, 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 he, 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 um, I think he's still with her actually. (laughs) Yeah. But you know, you know how that goes, man. But, um, 
And that was a freebie. Cause she was like, "Yeah, I wanna, I wanna set up an appointment where you took a tea." I was like, "No, no, no, no. Uh, you don't set up for it. Just I'll speak to him for free." I didn't even want to, you know, I didn't even want to get paid for something like that. I said, "No, uh, uh-uh. because I already knew what the outcome was gonna be." I said, "You ain't gonna listen to me," you know. So I don't even want to. Like, you need all the money you can take because you supporting a, a a bouncing forty year old boy. <laughs> Congratulations. So no, you you keep your money in your pocket. You know, and I don't even want to be paid for something like that. I don't, I don't, it doesn't feel right, you know. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, you know, that idea there that as soon as he heard, he heard certain words, it just triggered a defense mechanism inside of him where he said, oh, no, no I heard all of this before. My mother said all of this before. And I said, that's impossible. And one of the reasons I knew it was impossible, because unbeknownst to him, I told his mother to kick him out. Long time ago, when she was trying to get her life together. And I said, you got to get him out of there, man. He's scaring off men. You can't even bring a man home if you wanted to, man, because he's going to come in and see that big old guy there. And, you know, because his mother was, you know, she was a young mother. So she was only maybe about 20 years older than him, but young enough to still, you know, you know. <laughs> and uh, she said, yeah, because, you know, it's, it's, it's awkward. And I said, man, kick that guy out, man. I told her just like that. I said, man, he'd go stay in a shelter. Or he'd go stay on the streets. Kick him out. You know, that was my, my first solution. You know, you can't you can't be doing rituals and spells for, for a grown person like that because you're not going to be able to circumvent their own will for what they want for themselves or don't want for themselves. Sometimes you make that mistake. And I know it's we make it out of love. It's, it's, so it's difficult. You know, we feel like we have to tend the garden for the rest of our lives. And, you know, and there's a time when, you know, you tend the fruit of your children and then you cut them out, you cut them off, you put them in the marketplace. You got to go. You know, you bring yourself down into a um, into a whirlwind of things that you need not, you know. But, um, <laughs> you know, like like I said, a lot of times people who are stuck in, in, in a fatal point of view, you know, because um, like even with that, that uh, individual, I was saying, well, you know, um, there is work out here. You saying, you know, there's no work out here. I said, well, yeah, not now that you you bitter, <laughs> you old and bitter. But you know, um, and he's never really actually really had much of a job. And I was like, but you know, fast food is always hiring. Walmart, you know, the chain stores, malls, you can always piece together a couple of gigs and make something happen. And I was like, and you have the cushion right now of being home with your mother, so. You could actually go to trucking school. You know, you you could actually go get. I told him, I said, you get certifications that you wouldn't necessarily be able to do if you had a nine to five gig. You could go and, and get some computer certification, get yourself a little um, um, customer service tech support job, man. Yeah, you're not going to make a whole bunch, but you'll make enough to pay rent. But he wasn't, you know, he wasn't trying to, <laughs> he wasn't trying to hear none of that. <laughs> he wasn't trying to hear none of that, you know. Um, Sister Michelle, Michelle says, I know many older women who suffer because they choose their children over themselves. Yeah, but you want to know the main reason why them older women suffer? Sister Michelle, is karma. And that's what I had to tell his mother. It's karma. Don't forget, she raised him. She made him that way. You know, now I know he's going to say, what about the daddy? <laughs> they made him that way. 
And I had said that to her, you know, when she was talking and complaining about him. I said, don't complain to me about him. I said, this is your, your doing. You did this. You know, and she did tell me, she said, well, you know, because um, the, the father was no longer in the, in, the, in the picture. And she had shared with me. I said, well, what, what's up with the, with the dad? And she said, well, you know, he was real hard on him when he was younger. And I didn't like the way he used to talk to him. I said, oh, there we go. There we go. I said, what do you mean hard on him? You know, so I'm digging it. She said, well, you know, he he had a real strong military background. He's from the South. And she said, you know, so he used to kind of make him get up real early and, you know, he would have to clean the house a certain way and his bed would have to be made a certain way and that and that. And that. I said, oh, and, and she said, and I didn't like that. I just felt like that was too much on him. Mm-hmm. And they had another child. <laughs> so, yeah, the plot thickens, right? I see you, Sequoia. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, the plot thickens. <laughs> so they had another child, another boy who I met. He was real cool, actually. We linked up. Because he was in the New York area. So I said, yeah, man, you know, you give him my information. You know, you ever want to, you know, go out and whatever. So he had, he had reached out to me. And um, it was it was very interesting. I met him. It was like night and day. And he had left home at a very young age. You know, he had joined the Army really young and never came back. And And, you know, in talking to him a bit, I realized that basically he was, you know, he, he he wanted to escape. You know, he, he kind of, he knew that things were not right at home. There was some serious dysfunction. And, you know, he wanted to get from up under that. So he left and never came back. Didn't really have much of a relationship with any of them. Didn't talk to him. And I, I, I get it. You know, I, I get it. I see what, what, what you did. And, you know, it was a, it was a, it was an issue of survival, you know, and the father left the picture and he was cool with the father which was very interesting. The father left the picture. Um, and he used to tell me about the arguments they would have and things like that. I said, okay, I see what happened here. She was domineering, you know, and the father wasn't having it. And the father was trying to raise a son, was trying to raise a man. And she wasn't into that. So, you know, she, she blocked him consistently until eventually he threw his hands up and walked away. So now you left with your karma. This is what you wanted. You wanted someone who didn't have the strength of manhood and didn't want to step out and do things that they were supposed to do. That's that's what you you work towards. So now when you're older age, you got to take care of a 40-year-old man. Karma. You know, and I've seen this. I'm and I'm sure many of you listening have seen this. My girl's getting ready to come in and let me know what. All right, so you know, you know how she gets. <laughs> But, you know, it's just karma. And ultimately, like, we may look at, um, I, I keep saying that young man. Like, you know, I keep forgetting he's not a young man. He's even older now, actually, because I think when I spoke to him, he was 39, 38, 30. He just hit, hit his 39th Earth Day. And she wanted to get a, 60 seconds is coming up, then we're going to get off soon. But she wanted to get a reading for him for his 39th Earth Day. Because she was like, he needs some help, and he needs a strong man like you in his life, and this and that, and and I told her, I said, I'm not really interested. You know, I told her straight up from the beginning. I said, and and your idea that you're going to get a reading, like we're going to fix him. He's going to get a one hour reading from me. It's going to fix 39 years of damage. That's not going to happen. So I said, you know, you, you're 
you're getting your hopes up a little bit too high uh, in that sense. But I said at the same time, too, um, why would I want someone like that around me? You know, she didn't like when I said that, but, she, you know, uh, she was like, yeah, maybe he can he can help you with some of the things that you're doing and you know, some of the work. All right, cool. Now she's gone. And I said, no, nah. I said, I, I, I said, why would I want someone like that around me? That's yeah, he, he sounds weird, you know, and I wouldn't feel comfortable around him. I, no, I don't I don't I don't have any comrades or friends that are like that. So, no, I don't want him around me. You know, that that's that's your problem <laughs> and his daddy's problem, uh, you know. Um, but, yeah, so, you know, a lot of times it's that it's that karma. But like I said, if we look at that young man, I keep I see because I don't see him as a man. So, let you know, let me qualify. I keep saying young. He's not young. I mean, now he's probably about 42, 41, 42. Let me see, 38. He's nice. I think he's 41, 40, 41, somewhere around there. But I just see him as a boy. You know, so I keep saying young man, but he's not, you know, um, he's he's old enough to be somebody's grandfather, <laughs> you know, but I, I don't he's not a man to me. So, you know, but. um. So but even if we looked at that situation, we may see him as the problem, but essentially he's not the problem. He's a symptom of a deeper problem. So if we root it, we root it and we root it and we go back. We're going to find that there's one issue. It's going to be one issue, you know, and even with with this, this sister, you know, I had spoken to her about it and I asked her, I said, you know, what what was your mother and father's relationship like? You know, when she was asking, when she was talking to me about her son, because I knew, no, this this is deeper than this. I said, what is your mother and father's relationship like? And she said, oh, you know, they um, used to fight like cats and dogs. Oh, interesting. She said, yeah, they fought like cats and dogs, man, you know, and my father, this and that. And, you know, um, he provided he was there and everything like that. But um, they just couldn't get along. That's your model now, that kind of dysfunction. So you get in a relationship and a man, maybe because of that, because of that, there were probably some things missing in your rearing as a as a young lady. So you get with a guy now. He's a military guy. So he's all about structure. And now he's trying to bring structure into the household. And maybe you didn't have that because your parents are too busy fighting all the time. So you block that. You stop that. Or maybe you see someone feeling uncomfortable taking you back to your childhood as someone being attacked. So when your your son whines, I don't feel like making my bed. I don't feel like doing this or whatever. You know, your triggers went off and you immediately went back to your childhood and how you may have felt when, Maybe your parents came at you angrily because they just finished arguing and so forth. You know, it, it, there's always one fractal point. You just got to listen <laughs> sometimes and watch and observe and, and ask the right questions. And it'll take you right back to the root of things and why that person may be so resistant to change. Why that person may be having so much issues with change and, and why they're not completely, they're unable to envision themselves beyond the, the pressure and the resistance of their circumstance because of the envisionment that they already have as it pertains to what their life has always been and what it always will be. Sometimes, they, again, they, they develop that fatalistic point of view where, you know, um, nothing will ever be good. It's just no matter what you do, this is what it's going to be because they were never taught what to do. You'd be surprised. No, you wouldn't be surprised as most of you suffer from the same thing. I've spoken to you. 
A lot of people wasn't, wasn't raised properly. So many things were left out. They were not raised properly. How many of you, you know, had your parents come into your room or a parent sit on the edge of your bed and talk to you? I know so many people never had one one conversation with their parents, you know, like nothing as it pertained to relationships, nothing. No advice, like no leadership guidance, nothing. Me, I mean, I, I talk my youth out. I know they, they get tired of hearing me talk. I talk them out. You know, but also they, they bring everything to me. They don't, you know, they don't mind talking to me. You know, I'm not, I keep a very open mind. Even sometimes when I hear things that, you know, may be a little unsettling, <laughs> you know, they'll bring sexual things to me, sexual situations and stuff. And I got to kind of stay cool and listen and, okay, well, you know, duh, 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 duh. and not that I'm their friend. I make that very clear because I get up, I pop you upside your head in a heartbeat. We're not friends. You know, but um, we can communicate as long as it's respectful. You know, um, how many have never had that? So they're learning things and they're trying to figure it out along the way. You know, or maybe they're trying to like this, this sister, maybe he's trying to compensate for some of the trauma and the violence that she saw in her life as a young girl. So now she's married and she may perceive this strong man who was very loving you know, but may perceive him as a threat because he's structured and he's ordered. And, and, and if the children start whining, he doesn't stop and say, all right, you don't have to do. No, you're going to do this. This is what needs to be done. And I'm going to make a man out of you. Cause no, nah, I don't like that. Because uh-uh. it's bringing me back to a place because I never healed from that. And I messed around and got married and had children while I was still broken. So I'm making more broken people, you know, so it's karma. I know a lot of times, you know, we, we put this nobility when we see things like that. You know, Big Mama always has nobility. Big Mama taking care of all the grandbabies. That's messed up. Yeah, that's because Big Mama had a bunch of kids who wasn't SHIT. That's why Big Mama's got to take care of all the grandma, grandkids now. That's called karma. If she would have handled her business when she was younger, then she would have had a better, better quality children. They would have been married and she wouldn't have to be taking care of a bunch of grandkids. You know, sometimes you got to be able to step back from things objectively in order to create the right change. And, you know, whenever we're creating this narrative of false nobility with some of the most heinous acts that we do to one another, we're unable to inject newness into our lives because we'll say, well, this is how I always did it. This is how my big mama did it or my mama did it or this and that. And we're unable to move beyond our circumstances. Now, you apply that to anything. I mean, it it works straight across the board, whether it be dating, relationships, whether it be your spiritual work, afraid to implement new things so you see nothing new, you know, um, and you have to be able to do that from the unseen world and from the the seen world. Always keep yourself open and and available and ready for those awe moments. You know, I don't mean awe. I don't mean that moment, but when you're awestruck. And and you're in complete wonderment. All right, I'm get ready to head out. I'm just going to check the, the, the chat room real quick. So I see here, Brother Armar says, I'm 39, and I have a problem with men around my age that is not doing something comparable to me. I'll only help those that are helping themselves. It's good. It's 
good good it's a good way that's the way that's the way um the creator works you know who's the creator's best friend i don't know probably nobody <laughs> you know because the creator has taken an alpha position so that's why the creator negated itself to become human so that it could have some friends. So you kick it, it so you know, it's basically but it's basically kicking it with itself still, but the different aspects and attributes of itself. It's almost like getting lost in your own thoughts. Or you ever have a conversation with yourself? Now I know a lot of people do that, they talk to themselves. Now I was told I guess I'm extra crazy because I answer myself. You know, I was told that if you talk to yourself it's all right, but don't answer yourself. But I I have like three, four-way conversations. <laughs> you know, I never knew it was supposed to be that you're crazy. I mean, whatever. <laughs> but that's basically what the creator does. Right now, the creator is, is you're talking to yourself when you're listening to me. It's just a different different shade and character of yourself. So, yeah, you know, that's the way you're talking in terms of that. That's exactly how the creator moves, you know. And if you're helping yourself, if you're making those first steps, then you, you're igniting the... um the formula for change. But so many are not igniting the formula to change. Imani Lankford says, I want to call in later on, but I can't because I have to go. All right. But I think you are right on about the topic of mastering the game of change for this time of season, like these past weeks. Okay. Well, not totally sure what was spoken about over the past weeks, but he also says sometimes you just have to learn how to adapt quickly, and sometimes you have to be willing to make compromises. Exclamation mark. All right, so we know that's personal. She put that exclamation mark on the end, so you know she's actually talking to somebody. Something happened. Maybe she'll, she'll, call, <laughs> she'll call in tomorrow, let us know what's what, you know. Oh, okay, Brother Byron, uh, see, there's a question. Um, I habitually salute the Orisha when passing bodies of water, traveling on rock. Traveling on tracks, excuse me, um, past crossroads is similar. Oh, she was asking in the group, does anyone else do, do similar? I bet you you do. I can't help but not to do it. I, I, so I'll say, you know, I'll answer that as well. Um, I know Brother Byron said he had to head out, but I do it. I can't help it. You know, I love doing it. <laughs> Anytime. But I mean, I salute everything. You know, I salute trees, birds, chipmunks. Anything that that comes across my awareness, like I give it some energy because I know it's I, I know how life unfolds and it's unfolding as I'm becoming aware of it. So I'm still amazed at that. I still find that amazing. You know, it's not that hard to impress me, to be honest with you. You know, I'm pretty much easily impressed. So I'm very impressed by the idea of life. I, I think it's it's amazing. The fact that Whatever is going to happen next to me has not been created yet. And it's only created by the unfolding of my awareness. So every single moment is created in the moment. It's, just, it's, it's instantaneous creation. I mean, that's the Obatala energy. You know, when we talk about, oh, Obatala is the creative spark. Well, what it is is that, but that creativity happens instantaneous. Because remember, you're dealing with structures that have no sense of time. So everything happens all at once. That's amazing to me. You know, I, I don't know, you know, how other people feel about it, but um, imagine, you know, it's like I Dream a, dream, a Genie. Well, you probably, guys probably don't remember that show, but, you know, it's like doing magic, just snapping your fingers and having a full course meal in front of you. Bling. 
But that's basically how life is created. It unfolds in each moment the same way. You know, so um, and even things are held to get together in the moment by awareness. When you, when you shift your awareness or you lose awareness of certain things, um, you lose the presence of those things. They no longer become present. You know, when you cease to give them that energy, when you cease to give them that, that thought energy, they disintegrate. That's amazing. So that way, so now when you come back to something 10 years later, you only, it's only still there because you're, it's still in your psyche somewhere. You see? Because everything is made up of mental matter. So everything is sustained by mental matter. And I'm talking about, you know, you go through your old chest upstairs in your attic or something and you find an old baseball bat or your old baseball glove or whatever it is, love letters that you thought you forgot about. They're only still there because you're sustaining them within the web of your mind. So in every moment right now, you're recreating the dust and the junk in your house. I mean, you think about even your body, right? You know, we're always taught that um, every seven seven years, our cells regenerate, right? So, you know, it, it gives you that idea um, of how it's just kind of a, a regenerative aspect to life. And, and if our cells are regenerating and you're able to hold on to certain scars and things that are on your body, I mean, I have scars on my body. I've had, shoot, 30 years, 20 years fights that I had as a kid where somebody caught me good and you know hell I got I, I give you an easy one. I got a I got a piece of a pencil in my leg. I got stabbed <laughs> with a pencil when I was young, messing around, you know, fighting the wrong person. And he broke off the point inside my leg and I still got this this spot in my leg where you can see where the lead is or was or whatever. <laughs> that was a long time ago. You know, I, I, I think I was in elementary school when I had that fight. Um, so I, how many times have I regenerated since then? But it's still there. Why? Because I still remember the memory. You think about even your stomach lining. You know, your stomach lining regenerates and replaces itself every four days. You see, things that get used the most regenerate themselves the quickest. Now, that's in your body, even your heart. Your heart chambers regenerate themselves. You know, so like your stomach gets used a lot, obviously, you know, uh, because of of digestion and some of us are, are eating all the time. Um, your heart, of course, is, is an organism that's always working. You know, you have certain layers of skin that replace themselves to regenerate themselves like every 30, 40 days, they regenerate themselves. Um, your your Bone structure, this is where we get into the Obatala and Ogun aspect. This is why sometimes I tell you guys that create creativity or the or creation is now. You know, so many people are looking and saying, oh, back at some moment in time, you know, we have a creation story. It, no, 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 no. You know, uh, trust me when I'm telling, well, you don't have to trust me. Just do the research. Think about it. Meditate on it. Obatala is still coming down the chain. It's still happening. When you look at your skeletal structure, you know, your skeletal structure also regenerates itself. You know, there's so many different, 
you know, and that's like every three months, your skeletal structure regenerates. So the bones you had at five years old are not the bones that you have at six years old. The bones you have at 30 are not the bones you have at, at uh, 30 and a half <laughs> because of the rate, the rate of um, regeneration you know, um, and that's why they say like every seven years, all of your cells regenerate. But it's not that every seven years, everything like at the seven year mark, because it's really like it's actually really like four to seven years, depending on everybody's different. So but, you know, at max seven, but some people regenerate every four years. But it's not that everything just changes in, in seven years, like the clock hits. OK, and now your whole body resets. It's not that it's that different things change at different times. So you have some things that regenerate every three months, some things that regenerate every every year, some things regenerate every 150 days, so forth and so on. But by the time you get to the, the four-year or the seven-year mark, everything would have gone through its full cycle, you see. So if you're holding on to those same old patterns and the same old mental construct, then you regenerate with the same issues. But you're making that choice to regenerate with the same issues. Because like I said, your stomach lining by itself, that's your Oshun right there, your digestive tract, that's every three, four days that's regenerating. That alone, every three, four days you get, a, you get another stomach lining. Right? So when you, when you talk about, I got this issue, I got that issue, I have low self-esteem, I have this, I have that, I have that, you are keeping that. You're holding that. My mother hurt me. She hurt my feelings. She hurt whose feelings? The new you or the old you? Because if she hurt your feelings seven years ago, that was somebody else she hurt. So you're deciding to maintain, just like I'm maintaining this mark. I mean, that lead probably ain't even in my, my leg. It can't be. Even when I'm feeling my leg right now. I don't feel anything in there. But it's a big old gray mark <laughs> where, you know, and I have other scars. I got, uh, I don't need to hear all my war stories, but I've been opened up a lot. <laughs> I've been sliced and opened up a lot. But And I still have some of these scars, man. I got cut and hit with razors and stuff when back in the 80s. Still got them. Why? Because I still remember them, them war stories. I remember how traumatic it was and seeing my own blood and all that stuff like that. So as long as it still holds this traumatic value, then my cells are going to regenerate with that same memory of that being there. All right. So we're going to get out of here. We're talking about change. All right. Justin says, maybe my index finger will come back if I forget about it. It's amputation. Yuck. Okay. So <laughs> Sister Diana says, I was looking at my backyard and thinking how incredible it was that yesterday there was no grass and today I could see it slowly filling in. Yeah. We're coming around that season now, right? The grass is coming up. All the mosquitoes who've been hibernating underneath the leaves and the grass, they're coming up too. See how quick it is? Some of the trees have already, if you're in the northeast area, you know what I'm talking about. But some of the trees have already, you know, blossomed already, like overnight, you see? And it could have happened sooner. The only reason it's happening now, because when we were little children, they taught us about seasons. So we think we got to wait for the spring. <laughs> You got to wait for the summertime. No, you don't. That's why some winters, we don't get any snow. 
it's real mild, it's warm out because nobody nobody's in the mood for it. You know, some think about now. We talk about the global warming. Yeah, things are heating up because the way we're perceiving things is changing. When we were young, we used to have to sing all them stupid songs in school. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas and all that stuff. You know, so what happened every Christmas? Remember, I, you guys may not be old enough, but I remember when I was young. Every December December 25th, it snowed. Every December 25th, there was snow. You know, my thing was we. I grew up practicing Kwanzaa, but you know, so it was. December 26th, but every December 26th, I remember it would be snow on the ground. That's how you knew it was Christmas. Now, shoot, dudes would be outside with shorts on and on, on unicycles, juggling. Somebody coming right right in front of my house with a unicycle and juggling some balls with some shorts on on December 25th. It'd be hot out. You know, Satan pulls up in a Corvette blasting music. You know, it'd be hot. So, you know, that's the thing, man. Sometimes um, we don't realize the power of, of the unfolding creation that we have. You know, we're determining what the change is going to be or not going to be. And there's, there's, the, there's that power of regeneration that we ignore. Because remember, you know, I'm giving you all the examples of regenerate, what regenerates in, inside the body. But the body is, again, is an external projection of what's happening in the spirit. The spirit regenerates and the body regenerates. If it doesn't, then it, it regenerates or, or it generates, again, the same malady, the same issue, the same scars, because that's what you want. You want those same scars. You don't want this change. You know, you get in a new relationship, which could be a regeneration of something new. It's the same exact relationship. Why? Because you haven't changed. You, you still have that fatalistic point of view. You haven't changed some of that one sickness that you have inside of you. You're still rude. You're still disrespectful. You're still stingy. You're still inconsiderate. You're still vile. So life is unfolding with that, with the, the taint and the coloring of that disposition that you have. You're creating the unfolding. Because you could say tomorrow, I want life to unfold and I want this to be. I want this in my life. Da, 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 da. And sometimes you'll have that split moment in your spiritual work or your prayers where that will happen. And what happens? You ruin it. You ruin it. Stuff comes into your life, you blow it. Because you had that split moment in your ritual where you connected with those things and like you have that inherent power. I've been speaking about that lately. There is a trickle of authority that's there where you can bring those things into being, but you haven't done the character development. So you blow it which only fuels your excuses to say, see, that's why there's no point in doing it. Because last time I did it, this, that, 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 that. But it wasn't its fault. It was your fault. All right, we're out of here. Hopefully, I, I think a lot of people missed us on YouTube. But again, the archives should be cool. And if they're not, I'll put up, a, I'll put up the audio. You know, I always keep a copy of the audio. Tomorrow, we're back tomorrow evening, 9 p.m. 9 p.m. on enlightenment and transformation. <laughs> we'll be back, all right? But uh, thank you all for listening. Travel safe in your day today. I know a lot of you call in from your lunch break, um, kind of give you the fuel to get through the day. So I will that you drive safely on your way home or if you're on public transportation, man, you know, just keep your head cool. Don't get into no unnecessary arguments. That's how people get hurt, all right? And uh, I'll speak to you all tomorrow. Peace.